Welcome to Uplifting Humans, where we honor, empower, educate, and inspire the listener. I'm Solyndra Buller, your host. Our guest today is Katerina Stuparik, a transformational coach, writer, healer, intuitive change maker. She is committed to raising global consciousness. She is uh, drawing on over a decade of her own personal healing work and comprehensive coach and leadership training. Welcome, Katerina. How are you? Good. Thanks, Sal. Great. So uh, before we start, uh, anything interesting about your morning that you'd like to share with? I've had a great morning. I got up and did a meditation and then I had a class that is actually for my own personal healing work as, um, as I'm moving forward with my business. So yeah, it was really great. Absolutely. Lots of self-care. Yes, yes. And that's always a priority. You know, you can't, you're not, you know, any good to anyone unless you're taking care of, taking care of yourself first. Absolutely, for sure. So Katrina, can you share with, share with us about your journey through your struggles and your sexual trauma your codependency, abuse, addiction? Can you share with the audience that journey? Sure. Um, oh, where to start? Let's see. Uh, so I'm going to start with the fact that I didn't think I had a journey. <laughs> um, so it didn't start until I was around uh, 40. I actually was in a high-powered real estate job and living in Vancouver and working. And I had title and salary and I was just cruising along. And then I wasn't. And I didn't know what happened. And now I can tell you uh, 10 years later, after a decade of healing work, that uh, what was happening was I was coming online and um, I had been disassociated and um, from my body. I wasn't even attached to my body. I didn't know. I was so deep in survival. And yeah, so. And where did that come from? A wake up call. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, I would um, say. Yeah, I started crying in every bar and restaurant in town in Vancouver and oh. I didn't know why. And I thought it was my 40th birthday. Oh. Uh, but, you know, I walked into a counselor's office and started unraveling from there. So mm. I can tell you a little bit about that, or I don't know how you'd best want to approach it. But. No, I think, I, I think you're doing an, uh, an awesome job. So you discovered at 40 that you weren't really quite who you thought you were. Well, I was definitely, and again, I'm speaking in hindsight, so I couldn't see this at the time. At yes. the time, it felt like my world was crumbling. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what was happening. But of course, okay, now I'm going to talk from 10 years later. And of course, this has happened since uh, my conception. So just to give you a brief, I'm going to make it very brief. But I was uh, conceived out of rape. My birth mother was very young when she um, ended up getting pregnant with me. And she had no resources, no support. Uh, she then put me up for adoption and for the first year I was in foster care. There was abuse and uh, misconduct in the foster care. I was taken out of that home and placed in another home. Uh, by this point, highly traumatized. Mm -hmm. I was one when my parents had uh, officially adopted me. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, at that point, doctors, I had a lot of health issues to do with kidneys and everything else. And at that point, doctors were assessing whether or not I was even fit for adoption. Oh, so, 
um, they determined I was. There was a doctor's note in the adoption file that I later got um, when I was in my 40s uh, that chronicled the abuse and misuse in the foster care and that said I just needed a very patient, loving family. And then I actually ended up in a family who they're lovely people, but as a result of their own childhood traumas that are unresolved, I ended up with an abusive narcissistic mother, oh. a father who was emotionally shut down and detached and uh, basically was saving himself. And I found myself all alone. So I went from this, I made it through that first part. I can go back to baby pictures. And when I landed, I was ah, <laughs> elated. Um, and when I look at pictures from about five on, I was pretty, I looked like I was in terror and traumatized. And, and that began my shutdown and it began the start of all my um, building ways to defend and survive. And, and, you know, life from there, if you don't deal with your things, uh, life is so uh, wonderful this way. It keeps bringing you opportunities after opportunities to look at your past wounds and heal. But that means circumstance after circumstance that reflects, you know, every boyfriend was the narcissist, my mom in disguise, every boss, all of it was coming in different forms. Yes. Beneath was the same theme and content. Mm. Wow. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> that in a nutshell is, is crazy because, uh, as, as you said, that you were conceived out of, out of rape. And at that time, you know, uh, being a single mother was such a huge factor. Um, it's not easily accepted in those days that you're a mother with a child and there's no male role. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Well, this was the seventies. So abortions meant you were in a back alley and there was health complications. You could die. Um, and she was young and had no resources. She was living with a, um, her, and her aunt and her aunt was the only person she told in 65 years. Wow. She even was pregnant. She was here on her own, her family. She had a family very similar to mine. Um, and she came here from Winnipeg uh -huh. after being born here. Yes. Uh, so she returned and, you know, she told the aunt, um, but couldn't bring me into the, like she told the aunt afterwards and as she was giving me up for adoption, she hid the pregnancy, but she lost her job. She was kicked out of the apartment she was renting because she was a bad influence on the, the, the lady's uh, younger daughter. Oh she had no resources, she told no one, and her next move was Salvation Army because she was going to go live with her aunt because she got kicked out, but her uncle was making inappropriate advances on her, so she knew she couldn't bring a baby there. That is just unbelievable, you know? It's one thing after the next after the next, and you almost question, is the whole world full of these sort of these sorts of individuals? Or is it something that we attract? Um, you know, those are huge questions because, you know, as you know, um, here at Uplifting Humans, um, we have, you know, different stories that come out and they're actually real stories based on real people who actually really survived and lived and they learned how to thrive. 
But the more that I hear and the more that I interview, it becomes very, very questionable as to how many people that are walking on the streets today have actually had a proper or somewhat normal upbringing without any sort of trauma or issue. You know, it's um, the sad reality of what we're facing. Now, uh, Katrina, as you grew up, were you told that you were adopted? At what point did you learn that you were adopted? Yes, um, so I learned, my mom told me at five, uh, there was no way I could understand it. And yeah. after that, it was ta taboo. Um, we never spoke about it. The next time it was brought up was when I was 22 and I was uh, getting on a plane with her mm -hmm. to go to my sister's wedding. And she accused me of finding my birth mom behind their back. And of course I hadn't because I um, was so fearful. I thought that it would make me the most horrible daughter ever. It's mm -hmm. funny what happens with the mind. And I, I could speak a bit, sorry. <clears throat> I could speak to that. Um, I'm just going to turn. <laughs> I had everything turned off except for my alarm. Of course, we moved this call up. And so my alarm for our one o'clock <laughs> just happened. That's okay. That's okay. all good. It's all good. Okay. So um, uh, what was I saying? Okay. So at 22, she kind of accused me on a plane that I had found her. Um, and I hadn't because I was frightened too. And then at 40, shortly after I was crying in every bar and restaurant in town, I um, ended up having a cancer scare. And that's yeah. actually what prompted me to look into my adoption. And at that time, I asked my mom, it was very scary for me to ask, but I asked if they knew anything about my birth, mm -hmm. or because the doctors were all asking me for medical history. Mm -hmm. And uh, she kind of said, no, and she couldn't even say birth mom. She was like, you're going to have to you know, ask that person and maybe you can look on the computer. All I can tell you is that we took a baby that nobody wanted. Oh my goodness. My <laughs> and goodness. so that was the permission I needed. And I just oh. went from there because of course I wasn't very healthy at that stage. And I have a very different understanding of it now. Um, you know, Kat, uh, for myself, having known you for a number of years, um, I mean, you're probably one of the most kind-hearted giving individuals and not in a million years would I have ever thought that you had gone through um, the stuff that you had gone through. And, you know, it's interesting that you say that you were 40 and, you know, you were afraid to ask at what point in your life as a grown woman, as an adult, you know, talk about conditioning. You know, here you are 40 and you're still afraid of this, I'm just going to say 60 plus uh, year old adopted, uh, adoptive mother, that you're so full of fear. You said it, Sal, and that's what's key. And that's what I see every day in my clients. And that's what goes back to your first comment about, you know, what's going on? I see this all around the society and I have some thoughts on that. Yeah, well, share with us. Okay. Share with okay. us that because uh, I know you believe strongly in the power of ancestral healing. I know that you're, you know, that you feel that we have to face our shadows starting with the inner child wounds. Can you just, yeah, yeah. jump right in, you know? Okay. Yes. So um, now, obviously, some of the guests you've had and my story are the extreme end. You don't have to go through abuse, you don't have to go through these things. It's, the, the issue is that when we are forming, 
when we're, you know, when we're a baby, we're first just our heart. And then our nervous system starts forming and our brains start forming. We basically start absorbing energy and information in the fetus in utero from three months on from being conceived right up until we're born. And then when we're born, we don't have, our brain hasn't, um, you know, the prefrontal cortex has not yet formed in our brain. We wouldn't be able to be born and come through the birth canal if we were finished cooking. <laughs> yeah. So from zero to nine, it is extremely, like you're absolutely observing what your parents went through. So even if they were stressed financially, if they were fighting, if there was anything that you were feel, you would feel it. And you not only, this is not, um, it's called implicit memory. It's actually not a memory that's like a visual, like we think of when we think of memory. We don't have that capacity when we're young. So if this is cellular memory. This is like, if you could picture just a camera going off in a flash, that goes into your cells. So that's what, how your brain pathways form. That's how your nervous system forms. And that's what sets the template for, you know, as we navigate the world from nine on. So that means if you were bullied in school, if you had a teacher say something to you that stuck, we at that point don't know, and we tend to blame ourselves. And I would argue, um, you know, and it's not just our parents. I mean, we all have whatever we're bringing in from the past, if you believe in reincarnation and past lives. Yes. We have our childhood experiences, we have our traumas, we have culture, we have society, we have religion, and all of that. The entire foundation that you are built on. So I believe that there is not one person, even if they're an executive, and I've worked in high, with higher power, high-powered executives, yes. that ha does not have inner childhood wounds and conditioning. And when they're acting out, whether it's an egotistical narcissist or someone that gets angry or someone power hungry or, or whatever, yes. none of us are, you know, escaping this unless we do our work because this is deep. This is cellular. This is the autopilot. This is what gets activated. And that's where I say, um, you know, again, I believe this is a kind universe. I believe the universe everything's a gift and an opportunity to heal. Yes. And so, um, and we're, and this is a universe that is based on vibration. So where you're vibrating at and what your wounds are is what you're drawing to you. And that explains why you would be attracting your narcissistic uh, adoptive mother and all the boyfriends and all the bosses and everything else, because it's, who you think you are is what the universe delivers. Yes, and this isn't a conscious choice. So this goes even deeper because all yeah. of this is happening in the unconscious. So yeah. we are 95% unconscious. We use about 5% of our brain capacity. Yes. Everything else is running out of the surface. And what happens if you go through trauma, what happens is a splitting off. So you're, you're a whole individual. We're all divine. We're all whole. And what happens as traumas happen is there's parts of you that split off and break away that you kind of disown about yourself. Like for instance, in my case, yeah, my mother was extremely angry. Hmm. Never wanted to be like my mother. And so yeah. I disowned my anger and sent, cast it away and promised and vowed myself, 
you know, somewhere inside myself said I was never going to be like that. Mm -hmm. That's now something that's in the shadows. And of course, everything about life is trying to bring us back whole. So that when you hear people talk about shadow work and healing work, you know, it's bringing those pieces up because what's there that protected you is what stays and what was vulnerable and that was subject to bringing you, you know, problems is what goes away. And so shadow work is about doing, pulling up what's in the shadow and integrating and becoming whole again. And as you do that, you're creating more space for your natural light and soul light to come in. And, you know, you're able to move past these things because they're trying to get your attention. We actually are supposed to access anger because everything is in polarity. If I don't have access to my anger, I can't be assertive. That's right. But what happens is this is all in the unconscious and we have a lot of ways in society to numb out. People eat, they shop, they drink, they watch TV, they work, they play video games, whatever it is. <clears throat> These are all forms of addiction. And of course, codependency is also an addiction. Mm -hmm. Just the relationships that need that, you know, for me, I was suffering from the abandonment rejection. Mm -hmm. So why I was still terrified of a mother at 40 was that what was on program that I didn't know because I had, I was operating in about this much of my body. What was operating was this fear that if I, you know, being me meant I'd get beat or disciplined or, you know, I couldn't show up as me. And so that, you know, that was scary. And I, it actually was triggering abandonment that they can't, I don't, don't want them to go away and rejection. I needed to do whatever, you know, I needed to be that good girl. I needed to do whatever I could to make them love me because I still felt unlovable, though I didn't know I was felt unlovable. Right, right. And so you were, you were at a place where you did whatever you needed to in order for you to survive, in order for you to become that person that you felt that would be acknowledged worthy of, of, of living. Um, because after all, you didn't know your, your, your birth mom. And now, I wasn't aware of any of it. I didn't know. I was really busy with my job. Yeah, I was really so, making money, and I felt like I had a great life. <laughs> well, of course, because when you've got a title and when you've got money coming in, and you look fabulous, and uh, who's gonna who's gonna know if you're actually broken on the inside? Not only that, but our society rewards that. Yes. By all measures of society, I was a success. I had it all. Of course, all on the outside. Yes. But you, you, you go on the inside and you, you speak to Katrina on the inside and you say, how are you today? Right? Yes. And, and then, I do not know how to, so that is self-love and that is key. Everything's about love, harmony, and balance, I believe. Otherwise, we're all trapped in these mental prisons. And, uh, you know, um, we, I have a teacher that talks a lot about this, about cl people clinging onto these bars and they don't realize that there's not even, you know, the door is open. There's not even a guard, but like people cling. And I see it with my clients all the time. It's why it really resonated when he said that. And of course I was that way. I, I had to learn, I had to kind of pull this stuff all apart and do my work. And I use countless ways to do that. But then I needed to figure out how to love myself. 
Mm-hmm. Now, what, do you, what do you say? <laughs> what do you say, Katrina, about to people that are sitting there listening to this and they can't remember their childhood, or they, you know, they don't even have any ancestral relations? Like, for instance, I mean, I didn't know uh, my grandmother or grandfather on either side, um, and in order for you, I know as a counselor, you're saying that you have to heal. I'm not a counselor. I'm a, I, I don't have a counseling degree. I'm doing coaching. 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 I've got my own personal um, counseling, but just right. so. Just right. sort of okay, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what, what do you have to, you know, um, what do you have to say to the individuals that can't remember their childhood? Um, like they have no recollection of being... So that is, um, so that right now they're just, they're blocked, they're blocked. And so there's not one answer to that, but we're, we're living in a day and age where there is a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, um, for traumatic events, obviously someone would want to see a professional Mm -hmm. counselor or a psychologist, um, at the beginning to work through the trauma stuff. Life coaches are very good when you've done, when you've, because you need to work on some of that trauma work. I mean, this is all, I'm talking more from a 3D perspective. This is all healing work. I don't know if you want me to get into 5D because I think things are shifting and changing as well. Um, Though this isn't really, this is new territory for us. So I'm not sure how much to speak to that. So let's reflect. Yeah. Reflect to the, I'm, I'm your client and I come up to you and I say, Katrina, I want to work with you, but I don't remember a thing about my childhood. So, um, we, I have several exercises that I would do with them, uh, that would, from meditation to reading to just the work we do, we would probably, we actually wouldn't even start on there. I actually don't, I'm talking to you as a professional. Uh, uh, I would never talk about this stuff this way with clients. We, all we need to worry about is us. I actually simplify it. I just look at what's happening with their day to day and we just go back to one question. We make it really simple. And are they choosing from love or are they choosing from fear? And once we know that they're choosing from fear, we just start diving into what's coming up in those fears. And we start looking at things and start seeing what it's revealing. Or we look at how they're interacting with friends, family. And that gives us a lot of clues in terms of patterns. You actually don't need to know the other stuff. We need to work on us, our own feelings of self-love, self-worth, radical acceptance, and what are blocking and getting in the way. Now, as they start, you know, uh, working through that stuff and developing, you know, starting to see patterns, we start seeing some of the limiting beliefs because those provide clues. Yes. As we're making space and as we're doing this healing work. Yes. Things start opening up because really what's happening for them is blocks. Now, when I talk about ancestral healing, I'm talking about taking things to even a deeper level where you're now like working on things for good and you're actually looking at what's coming through ancestral lines. And there are spiritual courses and teachings, uh, numeral, different ways of getting there. So in other words, the child who doesn't remember their childhood or doesn't remember their relations with their ancestors still 
can get the help. You don't need to. There's many avenues. This is just about energy. And we start with what's presenting in your life. Because yeah. the stuff, like we just said, what's, what, what you're attracting in your life, it doesn't matter what it is. It's not the content. It's also not the stories. I sometimes try, like sometimes my clients get frustrated because I'll cut them on their story. But it's actually not because I don't care. It's because the content, I mean, if we've lived past lives as well. Yes. The stories are always different. The players are always different. It's the themes that we're after. Right. And so when we can look at the patterns and themes and what's being presented in terms of who they're attracting mm -hmm. and what is that mirroring, and then we kind of just look at where have you felt like this before? And we try and go back as far as we can to see where they felt that before to their earliest memory. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, as we do this work and as that trust and rapport builds, people do tend to start remembering things or, or they'll remember something a teacher said, or they'll, they'll look at what was their very first memory. But a lot of this is, you know, if it was really traumatic, you know, it might start with, you know, if I hit a block where someone's really coming against some trauma, they may go and do some sessions with a psychologist or a counselor and do something like EM, EMDR, which is, tra you know, tra uh, trauma therapy, where it goes into the unconscious. And so there's ways to get to the trauma. Um, and then there's other healing methods as well. But, mm -hmm. but we work on building this pillar of self-love and where are they mentally, emotionally, physically, because even weight can give us clues. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We yeah. look at all the aspects of life mm -hmm. and, and spirituality as well. I mean, I, I am very spiritual, so I have that in my practice and I generally don't apply, attract clients that don't have that spiritual um, makeup. I'm a very sensitive and um, so I tend to attract those types of clients. Yeah, well. yeah. Now you spent 27 years in the uh, sales and marketing strategy uh, in software and in real estate. And prior to that, I know that you had, you were a teacher or you were trained to be a teacher. Um, can you just for the audience, what was that one thing that made you drop everything and totally change that trajectory of your life moving forward? Okay. So um, I would say, there's no one thing. I knew obviously that there was something wrong, <laughs> but I was trying my best. I was the internal optimist and I'd just bounce back again. But uh, the pivotal moments were turning 40 and crying and not wondering what that was and getting curious and walking into a counselor's office. That's when my journey began in around 2007. Yeah. In hindsight, I can tell you I was starting to go through an awakening process. I didn't know that. So in 2007, that was the first marker. And mm -hmm. at 42, the cancer scare, which prompted me to look into my medical information, right. that started a journey of, you know, it started a journey down the counseling road, my personal counseling and meditating and that type of thing, yoga, all sorts of stuff, reading, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. However, I wouldn't say that the real work, it, you don't need to spend a decade like I did. I was trying to navigate and I was still in very negative, toxic situations. Mm -hmm. I can honestly, honestly say that my real work didn't begin until 
I mean, all this work was prepping me for it, but where the real shift was, was March 2018 after a life-changing trip to Bali, uh, which was very spiritual. And I did some very deep healing work there at, um, at a, a very special aerobatic resort mm-hmm. on the island. And um, I had a life-changing experience and that really prompted me to look at how I wanted to change directions. I had tried to escape real estate before I was unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. I was still up to all my old tricks of, you know, I was, I, I was still fighting perfectionism and approval seeking, and I was still sitting at the office till two in the morning sometimes during launch events. And, you know, oh, wow. I was still a mess. Um, but my real game changer was when I started looking at, you know, really leaving that toxic place and making the space for my healing. And uh, the game changer was when I found my spiritual teacher, Joseph Gabby, when I attended one of his seminars. And uh, I was already getting downloads um, from something higher (laughs) uh, that was along the lines of spiritual healing and I had, um, or ancestral healing. And I had planned a trip home where everything was happening. And I thought I was signing up for a numerology event and I walked in and that a three day event changed my life. Um, And it made me, before it was even done, I knew that I was gonna be signing up for a mentorship to work with this teacher to add his healing methods and concepts to my toolbox for when I build my set, you know, when I do build my practice in Bali. And um, yeah, it, it changed everything for me because it was when I really truly could look back on my life and truly understand what was coming down my ancestral lines and truly understand my soul contract. So now I'm going to ask you a couple of questions as, as the individual that's sitting there listening to this and not comprehending, what does download mean? <laughs> um, I don't I, It's just like when you get a file off the internet and something comes down and comes into your computer and now you can save it into your file. Um, it's like, or I'll call it maybe an aha moment, but actually it never came from inside me. It came... I'm very spiritual and I believe, you know, you often hear people that write stories or compose music or write lyrics to a song or do art. They often talk about creative inspiration coming through them. Um, So I would say it's when a higher power or some type of thing comes through from whatever, whatever you believe it comes through and in and you knew it was from outside yourself, but it resonates so deeply as truth. And it changes that. So that's the download. Now, we're going to just quickly change uh, the uh, mode of the conversation here because I know that uh, you and I just are so passionate about speaking of these times. (laughs) (laughs) And I know that there's plenty of people that are listening to this interview and they're wondering, uh, because I had cut you off earlier uh, when you were about like, I don't know if we're going to go down this 3D, 5D thing. So I'm going to give you the opportunity to uh, explain to the listener out there your understanding of uh, 3D versus 5D. Okay. So, um, and I have to say that my understanding is from a lot of, from 
all my research, all my reading from studying people like Carolyn Mays, working with Joseph, you know, all these places coming in as well as my own downloads and what's coming through me and what I'm seeing with my clients across from me and what I see when I look at astrology because I'm self-teaching myself astrology right now. So um, we're going into a very special time. We are... Um, We've actually been in it, um, and we've never been here before. According to Joseph, we are in the ninth, ninth year of the first cycle of uh, new energy coming in. So just like always from you know, the, the beginning of time, we are evolving as a species. And just like the computer, we're in it, as we know, we're in an age of information. And when you think of a computer, we now, like now something can come from out of nowhere. It has a project attached. It's in your inbox. Like we were just talking about it this morning, this way. I'm gonna, I don't know why it's coming to me that way, but um, whatever we're seeing in the physical is actually a reflection of what's happening on a bigger scale. And so everything is energy and the energy is changing. We are going from the Piscean age into the age of Aquarius. And right now, it's not hitting the main population. It's mostly hitting people who will be the healers, the teachers. Um, we're going through it first, through our own healing and through our own navigating it so that we can be ready for when it hits the population. But we're evolving as an, a species, and we're evolving because we need to. Um, I, it's ascension. It is, um, as we know, we are in a... If we look around, um, you know, 5D really started happening in January. And so if you've been feeling crazy energy since January, you're not alone. And um, it, 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 numerology matches this, astrology matches it, science matches it. And then if you turn on the news, it matches it. So all of a sudden we're seeing what's happening in Iran. We're seeing planes coming down. We're seeing fires in Australia. We're seeing earthquakes, volcanoes, Mexit, Brexit, <laughs> like, yes, go on and on and on, <laughs> but I won't. But anything basically that is not aligned with this new energy that's coming in, needs to go. And what I believe and what uh, my understanding in is, is that we as a species are really in trouble. Environmentally, we're in trouble. And if something doesn't change, and if people don't start waking up and doing their work, we will be in a very big uh, dilemma. Anxieties on the rise, depressions on the rise, suicide is on the rise. Everyone's caught up in this comparison and this day-to-day -day world where it'll never be enough and no one's happy. And in fact, the pressures are getting unsurmountable as they are on the earth. Something needs to change. The energy is now behind us to help us heal and remove some of this trauma in a way that it's never been before. And so I think that we're going to see um, the timing in terms of healing work that's required being cut because some of it's going to be able to uh, be tackled if you're working with the right people from an energy standpoint. But basically, we're trying to, uh, we're moving to a place of wholeness and to relieve some of this trauma and some of this stuff that has us blocked and holding us back because I believe we're all souls that have come here with a purpose and a mission and we all have a part to play and this isn't going to happen overnight and that's why it's hitting the healers and teachers first 
And, you know, they're saying that it's not going to be in full swing until about 2032. So I think we're in for a big shakeup and we're going to see it financially, politically. We're going to see it everywhere. Things that are not aligned are going to start disintegrating and, and, and going. So, mm -hmm. wow. And so your advice to the listener out there in order to prepare themselves for the time that we're in now, not the time that's coming, the time yeah, that we're right in. Now. Okay. What is the, a couple of tips that you can give to them to relieve them of their pressures? Okay. So the first thing is patience and, and love this. Um, I'm going to explain it. Oh God. It's so, there's so much here. Um, I want to explain one thing. Uh, things aren't always as they seem. So we can look at the moon in the sky and sometimes it looks like a little sliver and sometimes it's bright and full like it was two days ago. But the moon's always the moon. And the moon, if, it's, if we look at it just in the sky, just like if we were to go in an airport plane and get above the clouds, the sun is there shining brilliantly, but we can be down here and look up and it looks all cloudy and gray. Or we can look up the moon and it looks like a sliver, but really it's a big ball in the sky. So the moon's always the moon, the sun's always the sun. Everything else is just weather. So my invitation to clients is to always come back to their breath. When you think of a, um, a hurricane, I mean, it's wild. The storms are all around you. And what you don't want is to get into, sucked into that drama and chaos. You don't want to be part of that storm. You want to come to your breath, push through your fear and push through all that weather and come to the center of the storm where it's calm and try not to get pulled in. And right now, unfortunately, there's no easy way around this. There's through it. And so that's why I say patience and self-love. But remember that things are being presented to you because they're coming up to be healed and released. And that there's a little bit of trickster energy going on, especially right now with Mercury. We're in the, we've just come out of the setup phase of Mercury retrograde. We're about to go into Mercury retrograde. Um, things are going to come up that remind you of past wounds and past things. And it's an opportunity to decide, do I still want to keep hanging on these bars or do I want to let go? And so I practice, one practice that people can do, I mean, it depends on what it is, but what brings, I would say, what brings you joy? What makes you passionate? What makes you feel good? I mean, there's things like writing, journaling, meditation, yoga sound healing. There is um, salt, salt baths. There's painting. There's walks in nature. There's, you know, seek support, seek advice. And a practice that I have my clients do is something that Tara Brock um, uh, talks a lot about in her books and in her videos. And that's called rain, where what what I have them do, it's really easy to remember, especially in Vancouver, where it's raining all the time, especially this time of year. Um, you recognize what's going on. That's the R. You allow it. So you allow it to be there without judgment. Then investigate. Where are you feeling it in your body? And if you're working with someone who understands energy and energy anatomy, they'll be able to give you some hints on what that's pointing to. But even right now, if you just try and see, is it in my heart? Because the problem is that people are in their head. So is it in your heart? Is it just below? Is it like under your navel? Where is it on your body? What does it feel like? What color is it? What, what does it feel like in your body? And when have you felt that before? 
And then the N is nurture. Just give yourself some self-love. There's no judgment here. We're all doing the very best we can. And try not to fight it. The resistance is going to come up. It's, it's here to make us stronger. Mm-hmm. But just know that this is happening for us. And, you know, it's a course correct. If we're going down the wrong path, mm-hmm. there is um, something called chaos cycles that comes in. Mm-hmm. It's the tower. If you follow tarot, it's the tower moment. Right. It never happens as a bad thing. It's mm-hmm. always for you. Mm-hmm. But the premise is to shake it up. It's like that earthquake, the fault line. Right. Right. But it's only going to come to take away things that have you blocked or have you going down the wrong road. Great. Well, that's great advice, Katrina. And, uh, you know, we're coming to the close of the uh, session here for, for today's conversation. And if I may ask you one more question, and that is, um, is there an offering or a sharing for our audience that's listening today from you? An offering or a sharing? Yes. Mm-hmm. If they want to get a, if they want to get a hold of you. Oh, yes. Um, you. <laughs> I've been so focused on, uh, <laughs> here's me lately. I've been working on my foundation because I'm really, I'm working with clients now and I'm open to, to working with other clients. So if you're ready to work and invest in yourself and your health, um, you can reach me at Katerina at inner temple coaching.com. Um, I'm just, because I've been working on my foundational work and I have a goal to uh, do uh, workshops and retreats and uh, wellness things in Bali, um, I have been really focusing on my foundational work, but what's coming this spring will be my website, my podcast, all of my marketing. Um, But if you want to get in touch right away, I am working with clients right now. And right now it's mostly through word of mouth, but soon you'll see me on social media and other places. And um, I also actually participated, if you want to hear more about my story, um, I just did a collaboration with 11 other women. This one's very good um, if you because I know you have a lot of mothers and and you're talking to a lot of feminine, right? This is about mother-daughter roots and different stories. And mine is one of them, but I think that that would be something to check out. You can get it on Amazon, uh, Family Tree. And yeah, soon I'll have uh, more offerings and workshops and and courses and that type of thing. Um, Or if you want to work one-on-one. Katerina at intertemplecoaching.com and myself, I can give Yes, 100%. Bell is 778-991-2589. That's great. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And until next time, I'm Solyndron Buller, your host from Uplifting Humans, where we engage the world with real stories and expert advice. Please join us to hear other conversations on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to rate us. And our website, of course, is www.upliftinghumans.com. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thank you, Sal. Okay. Bye, everyone.